Hi everyone, welcome to the 1804. Uh, today we'll be mainly discussing uh, the sanctions against former Haitian politicians, as well as the mass uh, deportation of Haitian migrants in the DR. So let's get started right now. So um, last week, a Canada in, in announced sanctions against former uh, politicians such as Michel Martelly, um, Seyan, as well as Laurent Lamotte. Uh, Martelly served as a former president of Haiti, while uh, Laurent Lamotte and Seyan were both former prime ministers uh, for Haiti as well. Um, so these are good. Um, this is good in the sense that um, they are suspected and uh, for financing gangs in Haiti. Um, so these what these sanctions do essentially it freeze any type of assets they would have in Canada, um, including um, cash, banks, any type of transactions that is completely frozen. Um, and then that same same goes for um, any type of uh, obviously like housing property. They would no longer have access to it. Let me just take a look at the article here. This is from the New York Times from November twentieth uh, here. Um, Canada sanctions a slew of powerful politicians in Haiti over the weekend. Part of the broad push to punish officials believed to have ties to the increasing dominant gangs terrorizing the Caribbean nation. Among those targeted by the measures was Michel Martelly, who was president from 2011-2016 and remains influential in Haiti, as well as the two former president, uh, prime ministers, sorry, which are Seyan and Laurent Lamotte, which we'll get to Laurent Lamotte uh, in a few seconds. The Canadian government did not detail specific allegations against the three men, but said in a news release that they were using their status as current or previous public office holders to protect and enable the illegal activities of armed criminal gangs, including through money laundering and other acts of corruption. Um, so this is a good thing. Trudeau had actually announced this sanction, which I'll play the video in a second as well. But one thing I wanted to... Um, Add here too. There's a lot of gangs in Haiti. Some, some controlled, some financed by politicians. Some are actually on their own themselves. But by by removing the financing, you're removing the ability for them for them to even um, hold or purchase um, uh, guns. Because these gangs, there's no way. Like one thing that doesn't make sense, nobody can really explain, is that all these gang, all these gangs that are in um, in um, I'd say poor, uh, poor poor neighborhoods. Um, they can't no there's no way they can afford those that many um, assault rifles and bullets and keep replenishing them because this has been an ongoing issue and there's been there's been news um, news articles come out showing um, guns traffic to Haiti which is no secret anymore really because the way they financing which I'll get in uh, get into they can get it from another country and then ship it to one of the ports um, in Haiti which is disguised as some maybe another type of package. And because it's so um, unregulated and there's not really, like I said, if Haiti was a serious country, it'd be well regulated. Um, unfortunately, it's not. So a lot of things, um, including drugs, obviously can get through the country pretty easily. Um, so here is Prime Minister Trudeau announcing the sanctions here. I'll play it for you. Au centre de tout ce qu'on pourrait apporter, ça fait plusieurs années et même dans certains cas des décennies, que euh, les pays amis d'Haïti euh, sont présents pour aider, pour épauler, pour à, avancer, pour à, permettre à Haïti de continuer à, 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 à s'épanouir. Euh, et on va continuer d'être là, mais on comprend aussi que euh, 
euh, Haïti doit aussi faire, euh, faire partie et au centre de toutes ces solutions. Je salue donc le leadership des Nations unies, de la communauté des Caraïbes et de l'Organisation internationale de la francophonie pour aider Haïti. Le Canada poursuit son travail avec la CARICOM et les États-Unis pour appuyer les efforts diplomatiques afin de soutenir les dialogues politiques. Sorry, for the listeners, um, on the, uh, if you're listening this on a DSP, sorry about it, it's, it's, uh, it's in French. He was at a, he announced these sanctions at a conference in Tunisia, a francophone conference in Tunisia, which is why this whole, um, this whole announcement is in French. If you're watching it on YouTube, though, I've put the subtitles for you. En Haïti. On sait que des gangs armés contrôlent des parties du pays, ce qui limite l'accès à la nourriture et aux médicaments pour la population. He's essentially for the only the English speaking listeners. He's basically just um, talking about the situation in Haiti. He hasn't um, announced the sanctions yet. He's about to talk about the funding as well. Aujourd'hui, on annonce donc une nouvelle aide humanitaire de 8 millions de dollars pour fournir de l'eau, de la nourriture et de l'assistance sanitaire pour lutter contre le choléra. So $8 million of AIDS to fight against cholera. We'll see where that money goes because, you know, in Haiti, that money, like, anyways. There's aid. This is another, I guess this is another point I should make. There's, they've provided aid to a corrupt government. So you're sanctioning, you're, you're sanctioning um, former, um, they're sanctioning former Haitian politicians that are corrupt. It is an open secret now that this government is cor um, is corrupt. Um, even at the time, the current prime minister, de facto prime minister Ariel Henry, um, had a phone call with the prime suspect of the assassination of former president um, Jovenel Moïse um, around 3, 3 a.m. Eastern time, like the night of the assassination. Yet when he was asked to answer questions in Haitian court, he fired the prosecutor, or I believe, um, if not the prosecutor, um, then the judge that had called him for questioning as well. So just to keep that in mind, there's a lot, they're providing aid, which is good. Um, aid meal for, um, he specifically said water, um, um, water, health assistance and cholera. Um, but we'll see honestly if that has an effect because you could, can really consider it like a drop in a bucket. Éclair de l'ONU et on encourage nos partenaires à y répondre aussi. Évidemment, pour améliorer la situation, il faut travailler pour rendre Haïti plus sécuritaire. C'est pour ça qu'on va fournir des fonds de 5 millions de dollars à l'Office des Nations Unies contre la drogue et le crime pour aider Haïti à combattre la corruption et les activités illégales qui ravagent le pays. So basically, Canada is giving another 5 million to fight corruption in Haiti. We'll see how far that money goes. Pays. Et on va prolonger notre soutien à Avocats sans frontières jusqu'à mars 2024 pour renforcer l'accès à la justice en Haïti. Cette aide s'ajoute aux investissements qu'on a déjà annoncés dans les derniers mois. Le Canada va continuer d'être là pour soutenir la paix et la stabilité en Haïti et à travers le monde. Le Canada voit une réponse à la situation actuelle avec quatre piliers. Le dialogue politique, on est en train d'entamer avec nos partenaires, l'aide humanitaire qu'on doit diriger vers le peuple haïtien, la sécurité pour euh, mettre fin à la violence, mais aussi les sanctions. Hier, la ministre Jolie a annoncé des sanctions de plus et aujourd'hui, j'annonce que le Canada va imposer encore des sanctions supplémentaires en réponse aux élites politiques qui soutiennent ces gangs armés. Ces sanctions visent un ancien président haïtien 
et deux anciens premiers ministres. Les Haïtiens sanctionnés qui ont des actifs au Canada vont voir leurs actifs gelés. Whether it's with humanitarian aid, support for security, or sanctions, we call on all our partners to do their part to help. We're working very closely. So, please say that we go back to Laurent Lamotte because there was a prosecutor in Haiti that had actually, this is um, years back, had actually filed a case against Laurent Lamotte because at the time he was prime minister, he had bought 200 ARs from Israel shipped them to Canada to um, finally be shipped down to Haiti. Um, and there's records of it. And the, um, the prosecutor was explaining this um, in Haiti after the sanctions were announced. And I'll just show you the video here. It's in Creole, but I'll, I'll explain essentially what he's saying. Because on that same day, um, Laurent Lamotte has, uh, had tried to defend himself to a, through a communique from his office. Basically saying he denies the allegations made by Canada and the sanctions. Um, so I'll play this here. Député Arnel Belizer annoncé l'y remettre président de Chamio yon dossier pour y almener enquête. Suyon Valet de Sangalil, premier ministre Laurent Lamotte, a collaborateur li Salim Soukar, ta acheté dans le pays Israël, dans le mois de mars année passée. D'après représentant de circonscription d'Elma Taba, Zamio ta passé dans le pays Canada pour arriver en Haïti. Parlementaire opposition a déclaré, les bails collègues liés à. So basically, yeah, like as I said, basically, they're accusing him of buying 200 ARs um, from Israel, shipping them to Canada to finally come down to Haiti. Assez information pour aller mener enquête là, pour y connaître qui côté gouvernement Martelly la motla joint l'agence ça qui te permet de acheter toute quantité galil saio. And now, just to, to explain, they're basically in that same case, they're asking Laurent Lamotte, where did he find the money to buy that many ARs as well? Which another question to raise too, which um, maybe they'll um, raise it. Haiti doesn't have an army. Um, Haiti has a, does have a, a national police, but Haiti does not have an army. So the, 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 you, could, you could argue that, which I'm pretty sure that's how, what he said to defend himself. He was buying it for the police. But the police has already enough equipment enough equipment where you don't have to buy 200 ARs at once. Qui ces rubrique dans budget qui prévoit une opération comme ça selon député Arnel Belizer qui t'a parlé dans une rencontre avec la presse. And she's mentioning as well in the case it showed they have proof that there was no um in the police the the police for the Haitian National Police there was no budget at the time even for it to buy these ARs like there was no justification um for them. Eddie Jackson Alexis a collé il de reste t'a assisté. Raison fait me pas j'aime parler de dossier Zamio, c'est parce que nous soumettre déjà par le parlement haïtien officiellement transmettre par ancien président Jean-Tolbert Alexis, le président de Simon Dieu seul et Zamim Newton Saint-Just qui gon bataille que la mené contre moun qui dans sac pas moi, bah, le dossier supplémentaire pour montrer que mon yon a sac pas ça. Dossier Zam qui ça débité? Zam que Laurent Lamotte acheté avec M. Salim Souka. 200 Galil. Mais yon là. Pour faire qui ça? 200 ARs. Kounia là, c'est président de l'Assemblée nationale là, nous pas le poser question. Parce que m'sou met libali pour monter une commission spéciale bicamérale. Parce que ça, il fait raison de sécurité d'État. Galil nous dit, Haïti va gagner l'armée. Mais tout ça yon là, 200. De 1, so just for those of you watching, it's basically showing you the list 
uh, for the order for the 200 ARs. Lila. Yo sorti en Israël passer par Canada pour yo vivre en Haïti. Ça c'est bon commandant que comme Kamala dit montrer côté me en Israël là et s'il m'a des patron la connaît que patron connaît que me dans en Israël. Un individu qui a parlé d'un ancien député, il pas parlé de moi parce que nous sommes députés actifs. C'est que So yeah, that's crazy. Um because even for these sanctions, um one thing I want to mention too um we're right now November 23rd and uh, the US has still yet to match the sanctions of Canada. And I find that very odd because Laurent Lamotte, Michel Martelly, um, actually for most of these Haitian politicians, when they do leave the country, um, leave Haiti, um, most of their time is spent in the United States. So for these sanctions to have an effect um, or for, for if the point of these sanctions is to to minimize the gangs in Haiti and kind of choke them financially, um, these sanctions will uh, work better if it was done in the United States where they fully reside as well. Because not only would not be able to finance it anywhere in North America, Canada, unless they're doing it in Mexico, but Canada and the United States as well. But most of their assets would be frozen as well. So where would they go? Where could they function? They'd have to go back um, to Haiti, right? Um, and with that, does that mean they wouldn't be able to finance um, uh, finance gangs? No, not necessarily. However, it would definitely make it harder for them to do so, considering um, the fact that mo the most of the guns that are getting shipped, sorry, if not all, but most of the guns that are getting shipped, um, uh, that the gangs are using in Haiti are, are shipped from the United States. So um, we'll see how that goes. Oh, sorry. In one point two. I want uh, one last point. Like they, these sanctions are they're, they're good against these politicians. However, there's a lot of key actors, um, bigger actors, in um, responsible for Haiti's situation too. Um, you've got uh, allegedly Boulos, uh, Bigio, other businessmen well connected in Haiti as well. I don't know if you remember there. There was an article. This is in February. Jovenel Moïse had had was assassinated on July, but in February there was an attempted there was another attempted coup d'état um, against Jovenel Moïse, um, and then that happened. Um, but then there was um, people were essentially um, accusing Dan Whiteman. He's a former um, U.S. Foreign Service officer, uh, and they were accusing him, etc. But um, there was actually records and proofs uh, showing that um Boulos might have been involved and not necessarily involved but um there was definitely uh according to who was it i believe it was a witness i have to double check here oh dimitri harold okay he was the commander of l'unité de sécurité générale du palais national the specialized unit of the national police force tasked with protecting the national palace is talking to National Police Force Inspector General Marie-Antoine Gauthier about plans. Gauthier is captioned in the video as lead pushist. So in this video, essentially, the article is basically claiming that we found that this coup was masterminded by Jean Vicien, which is the former prime minister who got who recently got um, sanctioned by Canada. Um, Reginal Boulos, which is this Syrian, I don't know if he's, um, he's a, it's basically this Haitian from Lebanese descent. I think his parents immigrated or his grandparents immigrated here. Um, 
way back when. I think Lebanon and Syria were having issues. I believe it was after the Nak the 1948 Nakba, but I have to double check that. Um, but officially, original Bulos millionaire businessman who is also an opposition politician who would finance it, Jean-Marie Vaub, in fact, the complex where the mastermind of plot began to Jean-Marie Vaub. So essentially, they're naming all the names here, but in this video, allegedly, original Boulos um, would be the one of them that was responsible for financing this. And as we all know, too, if you've been following the story between, um, at the time for Juvenel Moïse, um, a lot of businessmen didn't like him. A lot of people, um, um, all the in Haiti didn't like, especially like him because he was actually doing his job in the sense that there were certain contracts that didn't make sense. For example, there are certain businesses installed in Haiti where um, to build a road, it costs three or four times the normal amount for no absolute reason. So they were just making, the, the state was paying three, four times more for the same job that any other company could have done for three, four times less essentially. So next I want to talk about it's the um, mass deportation of Haitians in the Dominican Republic. So between July and October, uh, Dominican Republic has actually um, deported um, undocumented Haitians from um, back to Haiti uh, near the border. Well, let's take a look at this video here. It's become an all-too-common scene. Haitian refugees detained in the Dominican Republic. We met them in this military base in the Javon, right at the border. They're being sent back to Haiti, even those who say they've built new lives here. My husband works in a construction site and I was cooking at home when the police arrived. They wouldn't let me get my baby's clothes. I left all my money at home and I have nothing here. Security forces here are telling us that most of these people were detained trying to enter the country illegally, but some of these women are telling me that they have homes here and that their children were born in the Dominican Republic. Mirlanda Pieri is with her eight-year-old son. She shows us his birth certificate that proves he was born in the Dominican Republic. My son has a birth certificate. He was born here. They cannot send him back to Haiti. The UN has called on the Dominican Republic to hold deportations. Haiti is in the midst of a political crisis that has gangs controlling large parts of the country. Thousands are fleeing. Lack of available health care services in Haiti have forced pregnant women to cross the border to deliver their children. But many are not allowed inside Dominican hospitals, and some have had their children on the street. Human rights activists say they're alarmed about what they call our President Luis Abinader's persecution of Haitians in his country. There are massive deportations, and the cases are not individual. There's no due process. There's children with papers, others with just visas. It's just massive and a scandal. Even pregnant women being sent back to Haiti, and the law says that shouldn't be done. The Dominican Republic is building a wall to protect its borders from smugglers, but also illegal migrants. Rubén Silies says his country is poor and cannot allow everyone in. The only mechanism the Dominican Republic has is to show that it will not tolerate migrant irregularity or the deportations, and this is what we are doing. This has nothing to do with ethnical reasons or racism. That's another problem. If the state stops all deportations, we do not know what could happen here. Haiti is facing its worst crisis in years. Human rights groups say its people are being discriminated against across the region. 
and they're asking the Dominican Republic, among other governments, for empathy for those who are trying to escape hunger, violence, and have no place to go. Do you know where they're taking you? Teresa Bo, Al Jazeera, Dajabon. Yeah, so two things to this. Uh, I personally do believe part of this is racially motivated. Um, even in 2013, they had imposed a... Um, I'm trying to find it here for you. But they had actually in, uh, imposed a retroactive um, law that any Haitian... Any Dominican of Haitian descent that either their parents was either undocumented or um, Haitian, they would get deported. Let me find this here. Well, let me see. <clears throat> yeah. In 2013, the courts issued judgment TC-168-13 called... La Sentencia, which stripped more than 200,000 Dominicans of Haitian descent of their citizenship by eliminating birthright citizenship for anyone whose parents weren't Dominican citizens. So my bad, not Haitian citizens, weren't Dominican citizen or legal resident. The decision was made retroactive, effective, affecting those born between 1929 and 2010, thus depriving citizens additional thousand of people of Haitian descent. So essentially, yeah, you could have been somebody born in 1995 could have been living in the Dominican Republic for 15 years or at the time, let's say, yeah, what could have been living in Peru for 15, 20 years. And then because they find out that their parents weren't um, um, weren't documented or Dominican citizens or they get sent back to Haiti. But they don't like these people are if you look at it, if they grew up in the Dominican Republic their whole life, they're essentially um, they're essentially Dominican there so i do think part of this is um racially motivated in the sense too um a lot a lot of people a lot of haitians are moving in there because the situation in haiti as well a lot of businessmen haitian businessmen are actually investing and opening of businesses up there um so i do think i do think in a sense that they see a bunch uh, a growing haitian population um there as well um but i want to add though um on the Dominican Republic side, it's it's not there. Um, um, although they can be racially motivated, I do understand the sense they can't just take any type of um, undocumented Haitian migrant into the country and just say, okay, well, you can stay here or we'll give you refugee status. Um, it's impossible, especially with the amount of Haitian uh, migrants going to the Dominican Republic. They definitely should get be treated like the Dominican police or army treats them like scum. Um, very bad. Um, they definitely should be treated better down there. But in terms of the mass, my um, the deportation, um, I do believe this just falls back on the leadership of Haiti. Um, you like if if Haiti again was a serious country, they would build they would try and build a country where people don't need to leave um, Haiti in, in bulk that way. Um, like a lot of people, like they, they need to create an environment where Haitians can actually be stay in their country, be safe, work and find the same opportunities rather than going to the Dominican Republic every time. Because essentially what ends up with, with, well, with schools closed now, with schools closed now and people moving out, um, out of Haiti, we're just going to have, which is already happening, where we're going to have a um, brain dead society um, for the next generation um, out of Haiti. Um, so... Yeah, so we'll see how that goes there. Um, there's definitely... Um, Louis uh, Binadel, the president of Dominican Republic, said they're actually going to be ramping up 
the deportation. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if there's more of this um, going on. But yeah, it's sad. But at the same time, the, um, the, the, the people in power in Haiti needs to create an environment where people don't need because it's not like the like Haitians are going to the DR because they they well, I'm sure if some of them are, do want to, but it's not like they're going there because, oh, I want to move to DR because um, for this reason, maybe for business reasons or whatever. But most of them are moving there because there's better opportunity than what they're getting to, um, than what's in Haiti. Right. And the situation was not like that even um, 30, 40 years ago. You didn't hear many, uh, at least to me, or I can't see any scholarly articles or journal articles saying, showing, um, showing Haitian, Haitians moving to the Dominican Republic to find a better life. You know, there was obviously, um, there's always these, these um, farmer programs where there's migrants either from the DR going to Haiti or Haitians going to the DR or even Cuba to work on a farm. Um, that's about it. Um, a lot of these people are moving to the Dominican Republic because they literally have no choice and they're escaping their reality, which is um, gang violence, rape, um, low job, um, low, poor, low job opportunity, low life expectancy, and even the gas prices now in Haiti, they can barely afford um, to power up their home through the generators or even put gas in their, um, well, a lot of them use motorcycles down there too, so. So, yeah. Anyways, that's it for me, guys. Thank you for tuning into the 1804. I'll see you guys again next week. Um, please, if you can, um, go follow me on Twitter at the 1804 official. 1804 official. I'll just be posting mainly um, content related to geopolitics, not just um, Haiti specifically, but in Latin America, the Caribbean, and all around the world. As well as you'll see when I have my. Um, YouTube, uh, YouTube episode or podcast episodes um, uploaded for you guys to check it out. So thank you very much, guys. Take care. Have a good day.